Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and telling your friends about the North Carolina Food and Beverage Podcast. Coming to you from the kitchen studios in downtown Raleigh. This episode is sponsored in part by Joe Van Gogh Coffee. Serving the community from seed to cup. Taking particular care at every step to honor the bean. And now, they put the wine in your glass, the bitters in your bottle. It's Max Trujillo and Matthew Weiss. Hello, and thank you for listening to the North Carolina Food and Beverage Podcast. I am your co-host, Max Trujillo. And I am your co-host, Matthew Weiss. And we are having a bubbly old time here with champagne wishes because we are talking about your newest, favoritest champagne bar back in downtown Cary. And here to tell us all about it is the creator, the mind, the glorious one, (laughs) Tiffany Welton, the owner of Champagne RBF in downtown Cary. I don't know if I was worth that, uh, quite that introduction. Thank you. You are. We'll find out. (laughs) Uh, To be be determined. But RBF, I mean, you're smiling now. Um, it's probably the coffee that you just gave me that uh, was put in my hands. Yes, yeah. RBF. It's correct. Let's see. There's a lot of different things RBF could stand for, like really bare, really brute force. Flung. Yeah, or righteously bona fide frittatas. Religiously barefoot. <laughs> Like if you really like barefoot, barefoot. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like are barefoot back, are, wines. I was gonna say yeah. we're back on the barefoot. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got all, it. Full all, you circle. Had a full We've come bar full circle of barefoot in like wines. five minutes, and I'm appreciative of it. Yes. <laughs> Do you sell barefoot sparkling wine at RBF? Um, I, I'm gonna have to say no. Barefoot is, does not uh, make an appearance at the RBF, but that's okay. Am I am I going out on a limb and just being so on the nose? Is RBF stand for resting bitch face? Oh, sir, it certainly does. Resting bitch face to the max. Yes. Yes, you have it correct. <laughs> like resting bitch face to the max? Like the max yeah, exactly, in front of you? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That yeah. too. I've, See, I'm bringing it full circle too. Barefoot, usually, max. Yeah, yeah, there we go. It's usually the face that I usually <laughs> see on people in general. Uh, That's just what I thought people looked like. <laughs> I uh, yeah, that's it's typically my face if you see me walking through Trader Joe's through Costco. I'm driving very very strongly part of the RBF uh, community here. That's what I would look like if somebody <laughs> was about to hand me a bottle or a glass of something with barefoot or the like. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Absolutely. Or so, like Andre or something like that. You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Andre sounds so classy. Yeah. Yeah. Not. not. Really. Where did that come from? Is, have you been accused of having RBF most of your life and you thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is um, it? Absolutely. So I, I mean, I came from a corporate background. And so every time I would have uh, a review with the boss, it's like your numbers were, are, are great. Your team's happy. Your clients are good. You know what you could do differently, though? You could be a little perkier. You could be <laughs> a little more positive. You could smile a little bit more. And for me, I was like, that has nothing to do with anything. My performance. It's not like I even. I'm not beating. And what's my cursing availability? Solid. Um, it's not like I'm walking around being an asshole to everybody. I'm sure there's moments. I mean, hello. It's like I. I did come from a pretty. Um, pretty stressful career, but I wasn't walking around being an asshole to everybody. So I was like, why does that matter? So, but it never really occurred to me. Um, and I, I have a whole story. I was walking through Trader Joe's doing my little grocery shopping. I was in this job. It was extremely stressful. A lot on my mind, just carrying on doing my thing. Um, I think I had a block of cheese and two bottles of champagne in my cart. So that was like <laughs> quality, maybe like a thing of cookie butter. I mean, I think it like really showed where You're I was coming from at that point. Mode. I was in self-care. Yeah. And uh, and a man walked up to me and said, honey, well, first of all, he called me honey. And then it was like, I, I feel like you'd you'd be so much prettier if you smiled. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> it wasn't the first time I heard it. And but for some reason that at Matt that Wise. point, <laughs> <laughs> it probably was. Um, were you in Phoenix, Arizona at some Trader point? Joe's um, for my wine, bro. Exactly. And and so it just it really hit me. And it was it was one of those moments where I thought, like, why? Why is that a thing? Like, why are why is why are people going up to women and saying that? And yeah. why is it that my male counterparts in the same type of corporate job they're not being told, hey, you could just like really use a little bit more perkiness in your day? It's like so for me, I was like, I do carry myself seriously, and I know I do. It's like I have a really dry, fucked up sense of humor, and I'm very <laughs> well aware of it. Like, I mean, just look at my menu; it's really bizarre. Um, and so I just I know what 
what I bring. But like for me, I was like, I don't find myself negative. Like I I don't find myself in that way. But I have been told I have an RBF quite often. So yeah. really between Trader Joe's, sort of my life as it has happened. And I actually had a dream. I owned a wine bar called RBF. So it was like it was like a trifecta of like, let's do this damn thing. So Well, yeah. I, I usually have RBF and Trader Joe's if I'm looking at their wine selection as well. <laughs> so it's okay. They're fine. They're fine. They usually get like all the seconds that I was a wine rep for seven years, Matt currently, and has yeah. been. It's like they just get all the shit that we couldn't sell. Mm-hmm. You know, when Matt doesn't hit his quotas, guess what? It's on the well, Trader Joe's which shelves. Which never happens. So. Right. So you've never had any Trader wines Joe's that might be Matt sell yeah. because he sells it all. But. Hey, it was an active place for me to get said block of cheese and wine in the same location in the same trip. You yes. know? Yeah. My wife is obsessed with Trader Joe's. It's I like mean, it's a religion day. in yeah. itself. They are you the know, only place now that has... Um, cold brew co- coffee from concentrate that you can actually buy so the I'll, only place matt they are seriously like um you can't get it anywhere else like Publix used to have a brand harris teeter used to have a brand you say i speak in hyperbole and you're saying this go look for a dry stored cold brew coffee from concentrate go look dry stored you mean like not refrigerated not refrigerated well, like you refrigerate after specific. you open yeah. does it also have to have like sans serif font? and it has to be kosher yeah okay <laughs> sure with no. all of those things no. i probably agree with you but and I'm also seri- wouldn't check i'm anyway. serious although you know what probably does have yeah well that's what i was thinking because coffee and we've i've made fun of my wife with her coffee game at trader joe's said trader, trader joe's because it's fine they're, they're, their beans are fine they're fine they're fine they're they're not bad but I don't live in a life where I just want to have not fine or not just not bad. I want to have delicious. I want to mm. have good. I like to take care of myself with Joe Van Gogh coffee. That's what you have in your cup, as you alluded to right there in the beginning, Tiffany. It is freaking delicious. <laughs> and, and what you are drinking specifically from Joe Van Gogh is their organic Peru Gallito de las Rocas, which is, uh, what is that? It's like a little kitty of the rocks, I think. I don't know. That sounds right. Sure. Little, I believe you. Little believe cat you. on the rocks. Gallito? Gallito. Yeah. Like a, I don't know. No, that's gato. What am I saying? Gallito is like a, oh, gallito a, little, is like a rooster. little rooster. rooster. Yeah. Like a baby rooster <laughs> yeah. on the rocks. Rooster. Ro- Rocky rooster. Yeah, Rocky rooster. They could have just Rocky called Road. it that. Joe. Joe. You could have just called it Rocky <laughs> rooster. Uh, but they didn't. They chose uh, to call it Gallito de las Rocas. And it is uh, from Peru, as we mentioned before. It's kind of a light roast. It has flavor profiles of mango, caramel, a little toasted almond. Uh, they have so much to offer. They also do cold brew if you go to any of their locations uh, all around the triangle from Hillsboro down even here around the corner. Uh, one of the uh, Sir Walter Coffee around the corner proudly pours Joe Van Gogh. So check them out. If you're around the studio, that sounds great. If you want to get them online, you can go to JoeVanGogh.com for all of your coffee needs. Now, let's talk about. Let's, let's move away from coffee. We're drinking coffee. Let's talk about bubbles. Bubbles, all the things. Why? Do you think, uh, it's my new question I say to some people in general, but why do you think that you could open up a champagne bar? What makes you so qualified? Oh, I'm not at all. Um, that's the best part of it. I'm completely not. Uh, so I I come from a long generational line of bubble drinkers. And mm-hmm. as you walk into RBF right on the very first wall that you'll come across, there is a baby picture of me holding a Magnum bottle of champagne. The best part of this picture from the 80s, bless my parents, in the background you see a very old 80, like a like vent, like your typical 80s fireplace with a glass sitting on it. So one of my parents was like, oh my God, hold on, let me put my glass down right here so we could take this photo of, of our fire. child holding a magnum of champagne. Yeah. Um, so responsible parenting at its finest. Yeah. Um, so my parents were just such bubble people. Like they just, it, it was sort of, it was their thing. And I, what they did, and one thing, bless their little hearts, they're, you know, they were married for 25 years and divorced now and totally fine. But when my dad would come home from work or my mom would come home from work and my sister and I were little kiddos, they had, it was like they would pour themselves bubbles and they would talk about their day. They would sit on the ba- in the backyard, on the patio, mm. and they would connect and they would talk. So for me, it was never. It seems so functional, like highly functional. It was, come on, you two, it was, get back together. Uh, it's okay. Please, let's not go that direction. Let's not. Let's not talk. Let's not talk crazy talk. Uh, um, and it was, you know, it's like you hear you hear people talk about like you know alcoholism within their families, and it's just like, and for me, I always connected it to something really 
really like beautiful. It was a place for it was it was never in excess. It was just a place where it was like they had their little thing, their little routines. That was their self care. It, it was their of. self care, and yeah. it was a way for them to connect every single day and just to be able to talk and sit. And my sister and I would go like you know probably sometimes irritate the hell out of them, but fully entertain ourselves. Maybe with a My Little Pony, we're not sure. But like it was just for me, it it has it has like a great connotation of what I think any beverage can do. And that's not just an alcoholic beverage. It's coffee. It's it's sitting down with somebody and being able to have a conversation and connect in a different way. Yeah. So I always yeah. took it in that way. And I think, I mean, talk about, I was, as we talk about barefoot, like I think in college, I was probably like that weirdo with like an Andre or a barefoot bubbly. Like I've just, it's always been something that's connected to me. And throughout my entire adulthood it's like it's like people would say champagne or sparkling wine it's like oh you need to meet tiffany and her obsession with the bubbles like so it's always been a huge part of me in a lot of ways and my we moved from phoenix about a year and a half ago and my house that i had there was i was the only one at the pool so naturally i became the the gathering house Mm. and so every time anybody walked in my house they got a glass of bubbles. Like it was just, yeah. it was just, just part, part of, of part of the experience. It was part of who I was. And so when I was going through this venture and figuring out, I knew I was going to call it RBF. I went really back and forth between calling it a wine bar or a champagne bar. Um, I didn't want, I, I wanted it to not, I'm bougie. Let's just be honest. I'm bougie, but I'm also very relatable and Mm -hmm. authentic. So I wanted to bring like kind of marry it, but I wasn't sure if people were going to get it like a champagne bar. Are they get Are are you going to have anything else besides champagne? So I I, I imagine you get that question a lot. Yes. Um, And then I had a girlfriend tell me, she's like, well, you can go into any wine bar. They're not necessarily going to have champagne. I was like, that is a great point. So why I called it the authentic champagne bar was to sort of marriage the two things where I think champagne has always been looked at as very exclusive, where mm-hmm. I'm trying to make it very inclusive in that way. So yeah. so did I butcher the name? Is it RBF Authentic Champagne Bar? RBF, your authentic champagne bar is actually my DBA name. Uh, oh. for Yes, correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm gonna he takes s- it all back. Um, no, I don't take it all back, <laughs> but I'm going to get on my pedestal for a second because- on my, on my soapbox because one of my biggest pet peeves in the wine business yes. now i understand i come at this from like a somewhat educated perspective mm-hmm. about it but is people calling other sparkling wine champagne one thousand percent and calling it that when you are and we had a conversation mm-hmm. before you're serving the beautiful mm-hmm. prosper mofo cremant mm-hmm. great alternative to champagne but um Prosecco is not champagne. Correct. Other bubbles are not champagne. One thousand percent. And it re- champagne is a region that, if you make champagne, has to come from within this region. It's like saying something totally. is Raleigh made and you made it in freaking Texas. It's not Raleigh made. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. You can have something method mm-hmm. champenois, which means I'm not going to mm-hmm. get into whole thing, but basically the bubbles that you drink it from, they happen in the bottle that you drink from. Mm-hmm. So. Well, they take the term champenois because the champagne created the the style of how it's made in that area mm-hmm. in that. That region. Yeah. Well, that's actually out. debatable too. But uh, whatever. But they. But oversimplifying. Like the, the people in the Limoux will of... tell you that Dom Perignon actually stopped there first before he went to Champagne. But yes, oh, okay. The term is method Champenois, meaning the the bubbles. Uh, it's secondary the method from, of how they make it yeah. from Champagne. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and you can make is... that method elsewhere. You can call it method traditionnel, right. Cremant, method Champenoise, mm-hmm. right. whatever. There's a lot of terms for it. Mm-hmm. In another way, for other people to understand is like you know you always say like Kentucky Bourbon, Kentucky Bourbon. It's like well nowadays you can make bourbon anywhere, but it has to be in the style. It has to follow mm-hmm. in the rules of how to make it. So you could yeah. almost say it's like a instead of method de Champenoise, it could be method de Bourgognoise. Yeah, Bourbonoise. Yeah, to or make, method Kentucky. Yeah. But but it's not Kentucky method. It's a USA. It's right. a USA regulated thing. Bourbon County, so there, it was a place. There was a specific place that originally was kind of the the the, the beginning. Although I know it's gray area, but like that's where the words came from. There was Bourbon County. Well, there, as it was long, the, long, 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 long ago when we had um, Bernie Lovers. Bernie Lovers on, he would tell you that there's t- conflicting stories about that as well. Yes, there was. Bourbon made in Bourbon County, but there was also uh, the Bourbons in France that, like, I guess, um, yeah, basically 
gave them the money or funded this 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 project to happen with this. Yeah. All we're saying is this is this is like talking to a total nerd about Star Wars mm-hmm. and accidentally saying that Anakin might have been younger than Luke Skywalker, and then everybody freaks out. It was his father. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Like, who cares? Who well, cares, nerds? We're talking about bubbles and great wine. You lost me no. at bourbon and Star Wars. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So, so now let's bring back. it back to champagne. Back. Yeah. So anyway, champagne has to come from a place called 1, champagne. 1,000%. Yes. So fully it, agree. Does it not bother you then when people are like, oh, I'll have a glass of champagne, and then they order a glass of Prosecco? Well, actually, and my staff knows, and so when someone comes in, it's like, I want champagne. We're like, do you want champagne, or do you want sparkling wine? Yeah. And then we tell them the difference of it. Really, it comes to, we're like... Pretty much, we're like there's a there. It's an economic difference. It's an ec- there's a there's a slight economic pricing difference right, here, right. but really, some people do come in um, and want the said champagne. We have about it. It varies just based on my inventory a little bit, but we've had about seven champagnes, actual champagnes, grower champagnes by the glass, and then I have mm. um, probably eight to ten others by the bottle. That's going to continue to grow, um, but so we've had. 15 to 20 champagne champagnes either by the glass or by the bottle and then 20 additional sparkling wines from all over the world and I wanted to showcase it from different countries we have an Armenian a German an Austrian a South African an uh, Australian um, obviously a domestic and then you know definitely like your different regions Cremants so I wanted to showcase it in a couple of different ways one to educate people about the difference to be able to give people an opportunity to actually try champagnes we have a champagne flight have it by the glass mm. so if people actually did want to try it giving them a safe place to do so and educate them and be able to find out more about it but then also like be able to do the champagne experience but on the budget with the cremant and, yeah. um you know with the, with mm-hmm. the traditional method as you guys were talking about so um we we very much like first thing people say when we're like we want champagne we're like okay so we like almost <laughs> stop them there so it's but yes like i mean people i think people also don't they don't know what they don't know it's mm-hmm. like they they see a, a cava and a prosecco because they see it and they've seen it before and that makes sense to them so we usually so one thing that i'm obviously with the staff they have tried um, pretty much everything that we have so they can speak to it it's like you know what if you usually go for a prosecco like why don't you give this a go like if you right. always go for a cava you definitely have to try this like it's like so trying to get people out of those out of those things and as you you know as you said as you get on your soapbox like people don't know this stuff it's well, like i think i yeah. think that's a huge part of it is like of course if someone orders a prosecco and they think it's champagne they don't know just kind of like you guys just went on a bourbon thing like i don't know you guys were talking about it. i was like what in the <laughs> hell are they and talking that's the about whole so point. But that's yeah. the whole point is yeah. like and, and matt's a nerd i i actually Same. am a nerd yeah you're a nerd we're nerds we know a good amount about this stuff, but you're also a business owner. And Absolutely. so when someone says they want champagne, you're like, cool, I want the greens that are in your wallet right now. So <laughs> I'm going to take whatever you have and I'm going to give you delicious things. Mm-hmm. In the process, I'll educate you a little bit, but let's not get mired in the details. Let's totally. go, cool, totally. here's a glass of something awesome. And then they try it and go, by the way, that's not champagne, mm-hmm. but check it out. This is yeah. cool. This is why a question I want to pose to both of you. With all those other regions, with the cremants and the Arme- mm-hmm. Armenian sparkling and like sparkling in general, and I don't mean specifics, I mean generically like regions, is there any place making a sparkling wine that you would prefer over champagne? The answer could be no, and that means that champagne is the holy grail, and that's fine. But is there a place yeah, where you're a, like, in if I general, could have that, yeah. if I could have wine from this place or this region or this style, I would take it over champagne. Well, is uh, finances not in the equation? Correct. It's just like, is someone else making, generically speaking, a place that's making better than champagne? Go ahead. I was just going to say, sometimes just, for me, it just kind of depends. Sometimes I've had like some absolutely fabulous cremants, like yeah. just like knock your socks off like i i need to go back to second empire and go and fig- i wish i would have taken a picture of but they they had a uh they had a cremant from bordeaux and like mm-hmm. i've been dreaming of it ever since i'm like why don't i just go back and look at it and, and order it and bring <laughs> yeah. it in like small new business things anyway um so things, <laughs> like, oh wait i own a business oh, wait, i can go I buy can that, that for my restaurant right. my you know bar, again yeah. like i said earlier hashtag imposter syndrome um and so it's for me, it's it sometimes depends on 
my mood, what I'm eating, like what is pulling out of it. Like I is champagne the holy grail? Sure, in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it's It's the mark for sure. It's it's a yeah, mark for I, sure. I don't to answer your question more specifically, I don't think there's a general region that's doing it better. There's a lot of places that, right. oh, they're making great spark, mm-hmm. world-class sparkling wine. But I think I always come back to champagne being like yeah. the mark. Well, mm-hmm. like for example, and not to be even more nerdy, but like when we're talking about in Bordeaux, say they've got like the, the first growths, right? Those are like the five, you know, the, the big houses. But then Petrus is this anomaly that's not a first growth that many consider to be better than all of the 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 first growths, right? So it's like in that in that in that way, or you look at like super Tuscan wines where they didn't follow along the rules in Italy, in you know in Tuscany, but they're like, oh, we're just going to do whatever the hell we want because we yeah. just want to make the best stuff. So they didn't follow tradition, and they ended up making better, or quote unquote, better wines than you know. I, I, I get, what, you, I get so what you're like, saying. Yeah, with that mm-hmm. said, is there someone doing sparkling that's making better sparkling than champagne, or is it kind of hard to even say it can be better than champagne because champagne has set the tone for the flavor profile so much that it's like. Anything would just be a comparison to what that is. I just think that there is no collective region that's like, oh, this is better than Champagne. Like, sure, are there some better Francia Corta than said individual bottles of champagne yeah. absolutely are there some bottles of lambrusco made that i've that are bone dry that have had more pleasure than drinking said bottle of champagne definitely mm-hmm. but as a collective i don't think so yeah okay well that's cool well uh, listeners like a lot of people love sparkling like uh our good friend gina hey gina if you're listening from raleigh magazine gina is not anywhere further than her arms reach away from a glass of Prosecco. <laughs> She's just like, it's just like magically near her. Yeah. And I know she loves her Prosecco and I'm always like, Gina, Branch try out. this. Yeah. Try this or this or that or this or whatever. There's so many things. Uh, but you know, champagne or uh, Prosecco is like a very entry level, simple way to make it's it, You're basically carbonating wine. Yeah. And you're doing it like mechanically, mm-hmm. as opposed to the method de champenoise, which we referred to earlier, which happens naturally, kind of through science. Uh, if you're a spiritual person, you might even say there's some sort of like, uh, you know, holy way that this stuff kind of comes. Well, Dom to be. Perignon was a monk, right? So exactly. Well, it's process, like yeah. you know, whatever you want to say. I mean, if Mother Earth is all connected to the spirits and all that, well, it is a goes through a primary and a secondary fermentation, which is kind of magic in its own regard. But that happens naturally. So those bubbles are are they, they kind of accidentally happened, you know, and then and that's but then we figured out how to do it. So now it's not an accident. We do it on purpose now, but it's it's how champagne is made, which makes it so beautiful. But cava is made in the method de champenoise. Cremant, for a lot of people that don't know, Cremant is just sparkling wine, typically made anywhere in France. No, there, uh, it can be made anywhere, right? No, or, it has to have an appellation. Like it has to either be yes. Cremant de Alsace or Cremant de Lumeau or Cremant de Bordeaux or Cremant de Bourgogne. But always France, right? All, yes. Only in France. Yes, yes. Yeah. So Cremant, but it has to be a specific region, but it just, it's like anything like a desanction from Champagne, but is being made yeah. like Champagne. Yeah. Um, and, to your point, and Tiffany, we were having this conversation offline. Cremant is your great budget-friendly alternative mm-hmm. to champagne because it's made in the same method. It's made. It's ha- held in very high esteem, but you don't pay the same price as champagne for it's, it. It's it's your uh, it's your champagne experience without the the dollar bills, y'all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's uh, champagne wishes and uh, row dreams. <laughs> exactly. You know, not Non-sturgeon caviar, <laughs> caviar or yeah. whatever. Uh, um, I saw a sturgeon floating around in the in the aquarium while I was at Beaufort this weekend with my daughters, and I said, that's where we get caviar. Nice. They're like, yeah, you're always talking about food at aquariums. It's gross. Like, we were at the touching pool, you know, you can touch like the tide pool, and the guy's giving us all this education about urchin, I go, oh, that is delicious. He's <laughs> like, I wouldn't know. I've never had it. I go, you've never had urchin? He's like, no. I go, do yourself a favor, man. He's like, I don't think I could do that. I'm like, man, you might have a better appreciation for them after you've eaten them. (laughs) That is, yeah, that's a whole other conversation right there. (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, things maybe dying Mm. and going to other causes, uh, Tiffany, you had the (laughs) kind of ultimate pivot. Great transition, Matt. Thank you. Well, you'll understand more when I... <laughs> no, BR, no RBF over here right now. So, so, so it was a fa- solid transition. Yeah. 
when you hear uh, so part of <laughs> Tiffany's uh, job previously, she said she was a corporate job, but she's basically scouting funeral homes for organ donors. Okay, let me explain. Whoa, what? You're let a harvester me... of sorrow? Actually, if you brought your hand over here, I'd slap it. That's what I used to do when people would use the term harvest. It's actually a very incorrect terminology for transplant. So my, where are my transplant folks song, out there? So. Um, so what I did, so it actually got weirder. So, um, so I started. Let's get weird. <laughs> Let's get weird. So um, for about 15 years, I started out in whole body donation for medical research, education, and surgical training. That's some weird shit. So like getting cadavers to medical universities and institutions? So a lot of it was actually like kind of like pharma um, surgical training. So they would be teaching a bunch of surgeons how to do a very specific surgery on a hip or a knee or a hand. Sure. So then you would go into a facility with, you know, maybe 150 knees sitting there or hips yeah. or they were looking oh how to do God. better hip replacements. Um, oh, my God. But when you need a hip or knee replacement, you know, a couple oh, of years from now, it, you're going to be yeah. very happy yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. Only yes. two That's more the hours. That's final of- result. But yeah. like it. Like it's like you don't want to see the sausage being made. Okay, and that Mr. sausage was nineteen hips from nineteen dead people yeah. that were all I sliced have... up and laying in front of somebody. Yes. No, but let's yes. go to the aquarium. That's weird. And tell the tech to eat his pet sea urchin. I mean, that that's yeah. That's, that's kind of what you just did. Yeah. You just told your his like friends, his sea urchin friends. You, you said should eat you should, him. You should try him. You should have seen the look on his face too. He was just like aghast that I would eat. You're like, I don't things. want to know about this. You're like, but eat your friends. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love both sides of it. Um, but again, I did start wow. that direction. I did all the, I did marketing, public relations, business development. Um, and then I did move to uh, organ and donation, uh, organ and tissue donation for transplant, mm. which was, it, it was a lateral, but still very different move. Like, so whole body donation for education and transplant. It's, it's like two different countries. It's, it's the, the regulations are completely different. Um, but what I did for organ and tissue donation, it was mostly on the tissue side was I handled any organization that touched donation in some way. People think just donation kind of magically happens and it's, and it's, it's a very beautiful thing, but it's, there's a lot of pieces that go into it. There's a lot of people involved and when you get to sort of the end of it, like obviously someone's passed away. Like they are working with the funeral home and there's pieces of their job if someone is being embalmed, if they're like they have to work with families, like they're dealing with like absolutely like devastated people that have just lost somebody. And we kind of like when donation happens, like the team kind of comes in and does their thing. And it was sort of a piece that was I think it's we're getting better at it in different programs around the country. But like we were forgetting an entire group of people with their whole jobs depended on this. And so coming in and having to be like a truly like middle of the road advocate in between um, businesses that were affected by donation, including funeral homes and my organization, where I would have to go back to my organization sometimes say, we messed up. This is this was not how we handle it. And we need to make this right. So really putting myself in that place. Um, so but again, I worked with an entire group of people. Their communication is very to the point, very um, sometimes a little harsh. But again, most a lot of my best friends are funeral homeowners or funeral directors. Uh, one of my besties was here last weekend, just rocking it out the drag show at RBF, my little funeral director bestie. So, you know, it's uh, there's it's it's a weird pivot I've gone through. Yeah. Yes. Well, only two more hours of, of cadaver talk here on the yes. NCFNB pod, but it's You're super riveting. You're riveting. Six We're- feet under your favorite show of all time. The, not all of all time, but it's definitely a good one. Oh, I cried so hard in the finale. Oh, same, same. If you haven't watched Six Feet Under, just do it. Just do just the watch thing. it to all the young people that started watching The Office again, and like it's a brand new thing. Like, hey, did you guys see that the show is out? It's called The Office. It's great. <laughs> hey, did you know Friends is a thing? Yeah, yeah, we lived it. Parks and Parks and Rec. Yeah, you yeah. go watch Six Feet. We under. lived yeah. it. We know it. By the way, Parks and Rec. From what I understood, if you know anything about Enneagrams, yes, the writers wrote the characters to emulate each member of the Enneagram family. I did not know this. And then when they figured out everybody, um, what's... Um, who's who's the eight, Ron? Well, <laughs> Damn it. Well, who, uh, <laughs> Tina, uh, Amy Poehler's character, um, what's her name? I can't remember. Oh, uh, Leslie. Leslie. Nope, right? Nope. Uh, apparently, in the Enneagram, and, I, and forgive me for all those that... I don't know the specifics about this. I just... Holder and his family, when I'm editing, we had people on from the Enneagram and they talked about this. 
Uh, the Max, joke is that the what people, the heck is the enneagram? It's like a it's like a Briggs and uh, Myers Briggs Myers Briggs oh, test. Okay. It's like a more mathematical zodiac association of like people. Okay. Like you are this on the enneagram scale, which means you're an extrovert that loves creativity but is disorganized. Yeah, or, so basic bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, got it. Or if you're an eight, and pretty much just means you're an asshole like me. So that just it's, <laughs> well, it's, it's just a standard. You the know? joke is that they wrote yeah. all these characters to fit the enneagram. Description. Uh, personality traits and then they said which is the one that should not run a business and they're like definitely the whatever and i can't remember what it was but that's who leslie nope's character is and they're like let's make her the boss that is really funny so i now have to go back and rewatch it's a great it in like context. like intentionally flawed program like on purpose yeah so everyone in there and i, I uh anyhow yeah so that it's kind of funny they did this <laughs> but to anyone that hasn't seen Six Feet Under, watch that show. It will make you laugh. It will make you cry. Mm-hmm. The original, you know, and Dexter, Michael C. Hall, who is a Raleigh native, what? bringing it back to North Carolina. Heck yeah. Uh, he was Dexter, of course, but he that was his first big show. Yep. And you will love him even more in that show if you if you He's watch. fabulous. Yeah. It's a great um, show. But okay. Uh, that had to affect you in some way. Mm-hmm. Working there. How many years did you do this job? Um, total between the two organizations, probably 12 years. And were you in the room with bodies at times? Oh, yes. Like I that was. was a common thing. Yes. So like, what's your coping mechanism? Did you, were you able to just Hello? champagne? <laughs> well, yeah, I was kind of going there, but I wanted her to say it. Uh, but I um, mean, like, cause that's yeah. a, that's a weird thing that you were literally, confronted with mortality every mm-hmm. day of your life yep. like it's just a, such an obvious understanding to you you're like yeah we die this is it a lot of yep. people can live through life and just not seeing death and they don't think about it but that was a constant in your absolutely. life absolutely and i think it, it really the coping was i won't say drinking but it kind of was um no it's uh like i by the way, yes. there's no judgment here. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Listen to so, judging you, but that's fine. That's We're okay. Out. Okay, I'm here for that. Um, that's all right. So it is. It like you're you're hit, and the job that I had for those 12 years, I was on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So oh. I mean. People die on Christmas. Like, yeah. actually, actually, there's a standard natural curve. We're yeah. gonna, we're just gonna take this down. Like, we're just <laughs> right. gonna really depress the fuck yeah. out of people. Um, there, like, there are more people that pass away around like the holiday months, around October, November, December, January. There is an actual curve that way. Um, there's no rhyme or reason. It just sort of is what it is. But there is a lot of coping that goes into it. But then you'd also think I also think about life very differently. And it's like, of course, I get stressed out. I'm not going to be one of those like positive only vibes per people. Um, just that annoys the shit out of me, too. But it's also I look at my relationships differently. I look at what I'm contributing differently. I I want to how I live my life I want it to feel different and so I think that probably did come out of a lot of that Mm -hmm. and you do grasp onto great relationships and friendships and I think it's made me more vulnerable in that way where I don't want to small talk with people it's like let's talk about your childhood traumas go like I because at the end of the day like let's talk about the stuff let's talk about like the bones of who we are and what our lives are and like what we want to do so it's it doesn't make me this like everything happens for a reason and make everything peachy perfect little like sunshine and rainbows puppies and kitties making out on a rainbow like i i want it to be like let's let's talk about stuff that is real and feel how we feel and that's okay and that's probably why people have before have taken me as maybe negative it's like i'm just trying to get to like the depths of people and what make that what makes them them you knew before we set up i was like setting microphones up and getting the session going but like we weren't really talking and i even had to say i'm like i'm sorry i'm just saving this for the pod like we don't need to have bullshit small talk exactly i don't don't need to talk about the weather with you i can already understand you're an interesting person so let's have (laughs) a (laughs) real pointed conversation Mm -hmm. and i wish more people did that and Mm -hmm. and did away with the nonsense and and if there is that nonsense uh approaching just stop talking you don't need to talk Mm -hmm. you just talk when it's important that's what i exactly i was just gonna say every therapist who is one of our listeners uh was perked up especially (laughs) when you're like wait a second uh child of late life divorce who was seemingly functional where parents drank bubbles now owns a champagne bar and in the middle did uh, work with funeral homes that's like I, wow. I can go even one step deeper on that um so one thing that i realized of like my journey was um and it's conversations i've had with my own family about it was 
I don't think anybody did it purposefully, but I I mean I was the only, I was the second born. My entire family were very strong-willed firstborns and kind of when I would say like, "Hey, this thing hurt my feelings or this is how I felt." It was kind of like, "No, you didn't. You're fine. Yeah. Get over it." Suck it up. But I was so I was a little bit of the scapegoat. I also then found myself in business development roles in a, my full career being kind of the scapegoat where it was like I would take that on for the entire organization. They would all be fine. I'm like, yep, just let everybody yell at me. It's A-OK. And then at some point, I'm like, oh, my God, childhood traumas that I've brought it into my job. Yeah. Hashtag therapy. Um, so it's um, it's like we just do what we know and where we feel, feel comfortable in. So I think there's there is so much in that and having conversations with people in regards to that. I'm sure there's things from your guys's past that sort of led you here, you know, and yeah. and what felt comfortable and what felt at home for you yeah. in I so many ways. Hugs, so I need people to listen to me when I yeah. Exactly. You know, well, by the way, there'll be a hundred and fifty dollar copay at the end. But. <laughs> We'll take care of that later. That's so, cool. That's cool. Did you, but, did you take Venmo? <laughs> going back to RBF, because, you know, that's what this is about, uh, and therapy, yeah. connecting it, the yeah. dog. Yeah. Is the dog part of the therapy? My uh, my dog is very emotional. Part. I think I'm her. Th- uh, I, I think I'm her emotional support human. To be yes. quite honest, um, I've just noticed in all your social media on every single thing. And you, isn't it part of like your logo or something? There, no, I wanted dog. it to be. Um, I wanted it to be. Um, no, it's mostly I hate photos of myself so much. Like I I am so envious of people that just like flip over their camera and talk and and like make it about them. Oh, yeah, I just struggle with that so much, and I'm trying to get. Better. Let I'm me, really trying. No. I just hate. I hate photos of myself. Like I had to. Do, I did branding photography mostly for, for later on for other locations for investment things. I did, and she took these pictures of me, and I was like, "This is my personal hell. This yeah. is my personal hell." So I use my dog and my hot husband. So both of those things. Oh, yeah. There you go. Hot there husband. Go. Okay. All right. Oh, Let's yeah. talk about RBF for a second. Yeah. So like, well, how that's it, where we were going. Yeah. 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 How, how how is the menu laid out? Like, so yeah. we talked. We hit on the whole champagne yeah. thing, and I just want to be clear about that once again. I am not uh, bashing on other sparkling alternatives. Whatever I just you want hate, prosecco. Be... Just admit it. <laughs> <laughs> there is a time and place for prosecco, and I am okay with that. It's when you're trashed uh, and drunk, and you shouldn't have another thing to drink. Like and you that want prosecco sparkling. sounds great. Or brunch. Yeah. Brunch with some, yeah, if you want to put a bunch of other things into it, mm-hmm. like orange juice or guava, my favorite, or like oh, mango yeah. or something like that. Yes. There's some good Prosecco, too. I mean, I will, I will say. Anyway, um, is the menu laid out like champagne and everything else? So we have for wine. So it's like champagnes and sparkling wine. So then, but I lay like everything. It's like I have region out. I have grapes in there um, just for people to also. I think that's a huge thing with any sparkling wine and also champagne too. People don't know why they like what they like. And so just really trying to get people to like start looking at like percentages of grapes and what's in what. And I think that really helps people dictate them. And for me, I realize like a lot of the times there are some like a good runar like blong de blong like but like a lot of them are sometimes a little too like sulfuric or something for me so yeah. but i didn't realize that until like at the end of the day i'm not a psalm like i didn't i you guys are going to know a million times more than me there's a lot of people that are going to know a million times more than me obviously through this process i le- have learned a lot yeah um but so part of that menu so the menu champagne sparkling wines um all those pieces reds whites your mocktails did you have stuff. a consultant like help you with the selection or I you didn't fo- I just, you just did it did it yourself just did it myself just through a it's pretty cool champagne a, and sparkling is not an easy thing to understand it's not and so I really tried to look at like the differences of regions and the countries and the different and the uh, different combinations of grapes and some 100% pinots and some meniers and so just tried to look at I learned a lot through the process you, you know? know that sparkling wine is not testable for blind tasting in the court of master sommeliers because it's too confusing because the bubbles can mask so much mm-hmm. that sounds weak for the, those those guys like <laughs> come on let's throw it down let's figure it out let's do it all right yeah. max we're gonna well, put you minute. to the test so but that does sound kind of like defeatist in its own self because if you're saying you can't figure out the difference between these sparkling wines then why the hell am i spending so much money for champagne over like a cremant if you can't tell the difference in a blind tasting I mean, point taken, (laughs) but I just think there's so many factors that get somewhat muted or changed by the sake of the bubbles that it's hard to get a 100% or with some accuracy pinpoint a place. Yeah. Instead, what they do in the test is they have you 
purposefully open a bottle of champagne just because opening mm-hmm. a bottle of champagne is like a whole dance and mm-hmm. well, it's, it's part of the service game. It, yeah. yeah, it's it's technical. It's a it's a it's a bitch. And so while you're opening it, they're also asking you questions about oh, let's talk about the vintage of the wine that you have in your hand. What yeah. was it like? What was the weather like that year in 83 in, in Provence or wherever you're giving the whatever bottle you have? It's like you're doing this, you're, you're trying to be cordial, maybe lighthearted and educational while not fumbling with the foil and the cage. And then you, once you pop it, it can't, it just has yeah. to be lightly pour you out know? like 12 mm-hmm. glasses and from one bottle perfectly. and then yeah. tray it around. It is yeah. insane the stuff that psalms go through to become a psalm uh, or you could just not be a psalm and then just open up your own place. And That's then, what I did. Yep. There you go. Yep. Uh, which is great too. You know, I think we're just in this spot where education is so accessible now. If you want to learn it, you can learn it and that's probably mm-hmm. uh, in many ways how you're able to figure out a lot of things. I mean, for you sure. can just read things at, uh, at any time and you have a passion for it so that's really cool. Um, uh, do you at RBF uh, food, you have food? We do, yep. What, so what's it's, the menu look like? So um, charcuterie, bruschetta, a couple snacky things. We have a great s'mores board where you can little roast your own little Like little non-hooded kitchen, I'm assuming. Non-hooded, no. Yeah, so it's, like, uh, I was not, yeah. I, there was going to be no executive chef coming in, uh, right. this baby. Um, but um, I do have fun themes to my entire menu, so um, all of the bruschetta, well, we'll get there. Right now we have kind of a minimized um, uh, bruschetta menu just until we get kind of up and going and can add some more things on but I did have each piece that was named after the maiden last name of like really important women in my life and then all the charcuterie boards are nicknames of my ex-boyfriends so I like to (laughs) I like to give I like a good theme awesome wet our whistle what are some of your favorite sparkling wines that you're crushing on right now (sighs) we have let's see we've already talked about prosper that one I prosper mofo cremant it yeah I had that end of day this weekend at some point and it just hit all the right buttons it was great it was fabulous we have uh one out of australia jans a lot of people have it in a lot of places it's it's been a really it's 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 great producer and it's been doing really well um and even though we've been like dogging on the prosecco i do really actually like my prosecco and it's it my problem that i get to with different proseccos when i go to other menus it's it's just never consistent you can feel it's it's sometimes sweet it's sometimes not it's sometimes yeah. like and you just don't get it like where you get a little bit more consistency out of a cava let's say but like the prosecco we have it's luna argenta it's great like and so oh, and luna it's pretty good yeah it's it's it's, it's a pro- vigna de alice that's my favorite <laughs> by the way <laughs> okay yeah uh, mine is a dami Adami? Yeah. yeah. Right. These are all good Proseccos for people yeah. that want to try them. One of the champagnes we have uh, right now, uh, Marie Copenay, like it's great. It's absolutely fabulous. What else do we are we rocking right now? Uh, Hild. Um, so I'm not sure if you've had that one. It's, is that one the German or Australian one? I'm blanking on my one. Also fabulous. It's a sparkling sect. Very, mm. very good. Mm, yeah. um, we just added one out of Washington. I realized I didn't have a domestic um, a domestic one. I'm I'm working on uh, Paula Cornell. I love Paula Cornell's story. Have you ever heard? Like, mm-hmm. I just absolutely love her as a winemaker. Like, she comes from like long lines of champagne, traditional champagne making, and she's in Napa now. But she almost like embodies like who I who I've been to where. In her Napa home, anyone that walks in, she hands them sparkling wine. I'm like, oh. yeah, nice. and she has like a million dogs. It's like my my happy place. Anyway, but she um, makes wine. Yes, she's yes, a winemaker. Yeah, she, yeah, she does sparkling wine out of out of Napa. Okay, but What's she's the, great. Paula Cornell. That's the name of the yes, winery. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, cool. great. Have to check it out. Yeah, there's some really good domestic sparkling. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, Schramsburg, Schramsburg, yeah. Rover yeah. State, Chandon, yeah, Chandon, yeah. yeah, love Chandon. But we just added one on uh, Trevari from Washington State. Frank really? family has yeah, a great really sparkling wine. Jay. Yeah, really good. So, you know, like we, for the most part, the th- I put so many on, I just wanted to, you know, because we've, we've been open literally one month, not even officially, like Saturday will be like our official one month being open. And so a lot of it is trying to like really understand buying habits and consumer yeah. buying habits and what people are going for. Like, obviously, like we have a pretty, well, about 15 whites, but you know, it'll expand as you know, we're in fake spring, you know, and, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll adjust here, but it's, it's for me, I'm, I'm a business person first and a wine, probably a wine person third. I'm almost like a culture person second. And so for me, it's like, I want to understand what, why people are getting what they are, but a lot of it is education and helping guide people. And I think we've done that really, really well. It's been really interesting to see over the last month, 
all of the bubbles are doing fabulous. It's not like people aren't just choosing one over another. It's really seeing people step out of what they know. And like we have Steinger, like which is German, and it's d- doing fabulous too. And so, and that pet, like that sparkling Riesling, yeah. Pet Nats? We do have a Pet Nat, yes. And P- Pet Nat's doing great. Just yeah. one. We just have one pet nut right now. We'll probably okay. expand. Yeah. Right. Just wanted to see how it did. And it's doing pretty well. Yeah. yeah. So how are you liking just being a business owner? Because mm-hmm. because prior to just doing this, like how long ago were you removed from your previous job? Um, so I left in March of 21 and I was working. So my husband has his own business. I mean, if, if we're talking about Enneagrams and husband. my hot husband, yes. Um, he wants to be known for how good his heart is, but he's also very hot. So, I mean, I have to include those things too. Um, Why is he not in here? Yeah. <laughs> I'll bring him next time. Um, he he does a lot of podcasts. He has a very his voice is much more um, sultry than mine for the most part. Mm. So you you might have to have him on next time. Resting but, stud face. Uh, that's right, <laughs> sir. That is correct. So, but he's a executive leadership consultant and coach. It's, so I was working with him. So we kind of came to the decision as I was miserable in this other corporate job, not organ and tissue donation. It was one that I was on the leadership team after, but. I, it was like work with his him and his business until the end of 21 and the beginning of 22. I would start figuring out what I want to pursue and what I want to do. And that's really what we did. So, so but how I like being a business owner, there's, you know, there's, it's hard. I, I, I mean, there's so many different facets to it, obviously. Like yeah. sometimes you're just like so in the down and dirty of it. It's like when we're so busy, it's like you're in there and you're serving and you're pouring and you're back in the in the kitchen and you're doing these things. And then you're like, I need a minute to step back and actually look and actually look at processes mm-hmm. and what's working and read the room and read people's behaviors and figure out how to change it and make it to what you want and how to replicate it in certain ways and and how if I want to open something else like how, what am what's working right now and what's not like making sure my employees are engaged that my employee that I'm not missing big things in regards to my staff and so I think I know that I am trying to get a little bit more I mean it's again only been a month but trying to get that step back out of the the ends of it to do ins and outs and so i think i'm in that point where it's like okay we've been in flat out survival mode it has been bananas we had an absolutely incredible first month i am very blessed could you ever work in a restaurant before yeah yeah so like minimal it's like i mean i was i mean aging myself now it's like first round of uh recession in like oh nine i'd been working in like had multi-million dollar accounts but i didn't quite have experience to be a server so i was a hostess um, <laughs> when i couldn't find a job uh i wasn't server material apparently then um so i'm well, serious <laughs> i'm actually serious so i saw a lot but like you see things complete like i mean so i'm coming at it from there i wasn't a 21 year old in college i was like 25 so you look at your i'm watching the businesses i'm watching the managers and i'm watching all of these things and so i think even doing that gave me a lot of perspective too even though it was a decade ago well just having been in this business for a good while not that you need my advice or whatever but i think it's really okay to allow yourself to immerse yourself in your business and do the operations as deeply as possible. For sure. For sure. I think do that as much as you can and want to. Mm-hmm. And then I think when you finally like got to the point where you're like, okay, I know everything about this job and I know this really well, then it's okay to kind of mm-hmm. step back. I think I know I've made a mistake at like the very onset when we first opened, I was like, I'm all of my, uh, counterparts that have been doing this business and been like business owners for mm-hmm. years had all been saying, don't get mired in the, in the operations. Don't get deep into it. Like you got to be able to delegate, blah, blah, blah. And what I realized that was only good advice. If you had been doing this for a long time mm-hmm. and like you had a team, it's like, yeah, I get it. But in the beginning, I think it's really, it's, it's not only good for your staff to see you doing everything sure. and showing, but like you're leading by example, yep. but then you're also engaged in all of the pitfalls as well. You understand, like I figured out why the dish pit wasn't working properly because I had to be the dishwasher all night long. Totally. And I was like, oh, we can make some changes here. We can fix this. Oh yeah. And, and the absolutely. dishwashers, unless like Jeff, my boy, he is one of my favorite people on earth who runs our dish pit. He has a very open, clear line communication with me. Mm-hmm. So he always tells me. So uh, that's great. But most of the time your dishwasher is not going to say, you know, if you put a shelf over here, 
this would be better yep. or or think that way. They're just like, man, I have no place to put anything. <laughs> this sucks. And it's like, yeah, so you kind of have to do that stuff. But I think it's totally okay. Mm-hmm. Like, Absolutely. Other business owners are like, you're working too hard. You're doing it. It's like, no, if you love it and this is your business and you yep. care about what you're doing, do it. Do as much as you want. Mm-hmm. Don't get burnt out. Don't don't regret being there. But like, work as hard as you feel that you should work in 1,000%. those places. And then- find other people that see your passion and be like, hey, would you help me do these things? Mm-hmm. Rather than, hey, you got to do that. And I think Absolutely. that's a, a different approach, but I think it helps. I completely agree. And I think it's been really good to be in the details yeah. and in the daily pieces of it. And Hot Husband is my dishwasher right now. So nice. he's so one oh, morning he woke up. You're putting him in the back where no one can see him? <laughs> he prefers that way. He's very introverted. So this is great for him. But he, like one day, so he- like All the had, single ladies of Carrie are just, being, are just like, oh, I'm coming now. Oh, I'm going to bust my own dishes. Yeah. yeah. Oh no! Like they, they like. Does this does this belong here? Can I come back here? <laughs> There's been some definite groups of women. They're like, "Is that your hot husband?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's my hot husband." And they're like, oh, "Like I mean, so anyway, it's been funny." But but for him, he's so process oriented too. He's like, "Okay, after doing this, we need this and this and this and this." And we go run to Restaurant Depot and we do these things. It's like I sat yesterday with my manager. I was like, "Okay, like how can we streamline some of these things? How can we take some of the pressure off of what's what like what's dr- going on right now?" So yeah. like, there's there's good. I mean, obviously, it's so good to be immersed in it, but then it's like that step back. So then I'm not so like dead. I'm not able to yeah. like f- I almost forget it where it's like that. It's it's definitely ebb and flow. And I think the really good part with my staff, too, um, I probably hired probably differently in a lot of ways where most of the people I hired did not come from almost any service background or hospitality background. They've done like Hmm. customer interaction, customer experience, business development. A lot of them have nine to five jobs. Um, One of the girls that works for me, she's in HR at Live Nation. And so she like they they look at the business in a completely different way. But also like we're all kind of learning together. And and honestly, a lot of people that came like for interview process, they that had just come from straight restaurants. They mm-hmm. hadn't looked at my website. They didn't know what RBF stood for. Like they didn't. They was just like, I'm just looking for another serving job. And for me, when I brought people in, I'm like, I want you to be a part of something bigger. And yeah. I want to really understand your strengths, what you've done before, where you want to go, because at the end of the day, they're not going to stay servers for me forever it's like they're going to think differently and want to grow differently it's like if i have another location why do you want to come with me if i try to get to the place of having a wine label like i need somebody to help me with marketing and for branding and for some of these pieces too so i really have moments of where i'm stopping and like the um the girl in my um in my prep area my food prep area she uh, is a ukrainian refugee and she owned her own company in ukraine and she did all this tech work but she also was a food blogger so like 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 right, and she just like owns it back there. But like, I know that she's going to grow and want to do more. But yeah. like, she's brilliant, and I want to take these people along with me. So really, trying That's to take cool. a minute and not being like, go do it, go wash the damn dishes and clean off that table. It's like understanding that this is it's like granular right now, and we're like all in survival, and we're just getting through. But like, everyone has an input when we're talking about flow and business flows and 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 processes within the space it's like hey you know like the girls step up a lot and they're like you know what would be really helpful let's do this i'm like let's give it a try let's just do it so just really trying to not just have it be this big dictatorship which i don't like anyway and just like really integrating people as part of the process i think people do much better when they have ownership and they know they're yeah. heard and are able to contribute in a way that's really meaningful. And so I'm really trying to bring that into every single day um, and working with them. So awesome. that's awesome. You sound like you're you're on the right path. Thank you. Sounds like you know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. that's sweet. Well, <laughs> even if you have you're no adult. idea, this is awesome to get in just a month in on the ground yeah. floor. And uh, for everybody out there, it's yet another reason to go to downtown Cary. So if you're out there. Go check out RBF Authentic Champagne Bar. That's right. And you will eat and drink extremely merrily. Thanks for listening to the NC F&B Podcast. And if you've stuck with us this long, review us on iTunes and remember, five stars are encouraged.